Hey, welcome to Community Church. We're here in Spruce Grove, Alberta, Canada, and we're just so happy that you're joining us today. Thank you for being with us. Let me tell you, there is something happening in the earth in this time that is so exciting. I know there are challenges. I know some of us are going through things that we've never gone through, and the Bible says that that God is going to shake everything that can be shaken because there's things that can't be shaken that he's trying to build our lives on. And one of those things is the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Well, join us today as we worship. We're about to go into some worship, but I want to exhort you. I want to, I want to encourage you with this thought. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Everything that we have from God, everything that we have, period, begins from heaven. Everything that we have starts, has its genesis, comes from heaven. And the nation who recognize that, the people that recognize that, get more of those good things. That's the basis of faith and how it affects, affects the world around us. In the same way that the sunlight shines and gives life to everything else around us, makes life possible, everything that comes from heaven makes life possible. So as we worship today, we're going to be declaring some things. We're going to say this is who God is. This, is. this is the wonder and the power and the majesty of God. We're not just sentimentally remembering things. We are putting them into place. We are declaring them so that the antithesis of that, the lies that say there is no God, that God's presence doesn't matter, that God's presence doesn't sustain life, can be broken. So as you're worshiping, Release your sound. Release your faith with every word. Thanks for joining us. Just keep singing. I just feel like we have to pray. We have to declare. We have to prophesy what God is intending in this season. I feel right now that there's faith coming on the body of Christ for miracle signs and wonders, but unto salvations, unto salvations. The body of Christ, there's a veil coming off the eyes of the church, and we're beginning to realize that our message is not about just improving the quality of the lives of people around, but there's literally a veil that needs to come off. You know, there was a movie a little while called Litmus, uh, Limitless, and it's about this guy who took a pill, and he, after he took the pill, suddenly he saw the world differently, and he literally said, I once was blind, but now I see. The church is about to realize that being born again, becoming a Christian, is not just becoming more moral. It's about a a veil coming off of the minds of people. So right now, we are prophesying to our communities, to the churches, that the believing community will begin to realize that a miracle needs to transpire for people to be born again. A miracle of revelation is coming to people's lives around us. So we say, Father, not only for the church, let that veil come off, but, Father, we say, let the veil come off communities. Father, let salvation, salvation which belongs to our God, begin to fall. Lord, let the cry of the needy begin to reach out. Let the cry of the desperate begin to reach out into the heart of God, into the heart of God. Reign 
Abundant rain. I can hear abundant rain. It is about to rain. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord is about to run into our streets. We declare it. We say it's going to come. Let it come. Come on, Christians. Push through. Let it come. Let it come. Let souls come. Let souls be saved. Let souls be released from the captives. Yes. 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 In Jesus' name. Well, Father God, we thank you so much that you are the one we can come to because truly you are the hope giver. And so, Father, today we choose to honor you and to put all of our hope in you, God. And God, right now, I just pray for all those that are watching online. God, I'm thinking of our brother in Burma right now. Father, he's looking for hope right now. And so, Father God, we pray for hope in Burma. We pray that you would cover these kids and these children that he's talking about that have been hurt and wounded. Father, we breathe hope to these kids and to this land. And Father God, we just pray salvation over the land of Burma, over the leaders. Father, just touch them in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father God, right now we just lift up Spruce Grove. We lift up Stony Plain. We lift up Camrose. We lift up Edmonton. We lift up our province. We lift up our nation. We lift up the nations and we declare salvation over the nations. Salvation over the nations. In the name of Jesus Christ, salvation over the nations. Right now in your homes, just stand up and declare salvation over the nations. Salvation over the nations. Salvation in Jesus' name. Well, what a beautiful time of worship. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of just being in your presence. Because truly you are the answer. You are the solution to everything. And we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for all you've done and all you're going to continue to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what a beautiful time of worship. We're going to introduce our guest speaker, which is an honor and a privilege for me. He's my brother. Many of you are going to know him. Jesse Martineau. Are you ready, brother? So, Jesse, why don't you come on up on the stage? i got to move over here because we got to practice our social distancing. we got our good cloth. But, Father God, I just bless my brother right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, this is our brother. This is our family. We are so honored and privileged to have him in the house today. And we know that you've already spoken to him and that the Holy Spirit is going to speak through Jesse today. So right now in the name of Jesus Christ, we just declare the word of God to come through our brother. And we say we receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'd give him a big hug, but I'm not allowed to, so I'm just going to wipe the mic down and give it to him. It's all nice and clean. That's hugging in May of 2020. (laughs) Well, uh, when I thought about coming back here, it would be under different circumstances, 
I'm not going to lie. I thought there'd be more faces looking at me. So the crowd out here today uh, needs to be very interactive because what I've discovered over the last three years of speaking in different places is that uh, I love interaction. <laughs> and uh, I really do like to feed off what, what people are feeling. But I trust the Holy Spirit can work through a camera. And, and uh, sometimes I get asked, like, you know, we film things and people watch things years later, 15 years later. You're like, how come that feels the same as it did when I was there in the church service? Well, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So anything that is relevant for his uh, expanding kingdom will be, will be relevant today, tomorrow, 20 years from now. And so I believe that when we speak, even if it's through this medium right now, that we're actually setting up the future of what's meant, what's meant to happen here on the earth. And I just want to say, I just want to touch on the, the part where we ended today in, in that there is a hope that needs to be set up for the city. There is a hope that needs to be cried out for the region. Uh, I, I do so much work now in the tri-region. I can tell you one thing. The commodity that is lacking is hope. There is there is very little hope from a few years ago when we felt uh, the coal plants were shutting down. Parkland County crushed in hopelessness. Uh, from Stony Plain with businesses closing down due to this, just to, to now, today, when we're dealing with a worldwide pandemic, hopelessness has been on the rise. And I just want to say right now, in the name of Jesus, that we declare hope for the tri-region. We say that there is hope on the horizon. There is hope on the horizon. And anyone out there listening right now that feels, and I know because I've felt this for so long, if you're feeling hopeless today, there is hope on the horizon. Believe me when I say that. Uh, It's not just me that says that. It's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that says that. Well, uh, you know, it's... You know, number one, Nikki and I, Nikki says hi to everybody out there. She's not here right now. Uh, she's probably cozied up on the couch with f- five kids hanging off her, drinking a coffee, most likely. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we miss everybody. It's been, I think it's been almost three years So uh, since I held a microphone here. It's been a while. It's weird how, how time goes. <laughs> but... But uh, lots has happened, obviously, in the last three years. But um, I just want to say that, you know, we're, we're doing great. It's, it's uh, always a journey. It's always a road that you're, you're always on. Anyone that tries to convince you that, you know, one day you just, like, kind of, like, start ascending and floating away, well... <laughs> I mean, I would be nice, but uh, we realize that the, the, this world throws us curveballs, and we need to learn how to respond to them. So that's really what I want to talk about today, is, is how do you respond to the curveball? Because, because, I mean, obviously we got thrown into a number of them recently, uh, ones that we couldn't predict and ones that we didn't predict. And, and maybe even in the beginning of the year, I remember I wrote down on January 1st what I felt for the year, and I actually really felt that 2020 could be a good year. The problem was, (laughs) when I wrote it down, and I didn't know how deep this actually meant, was that God was going to do something that truly challenged our faith, that truly tested something, that really shook something to the core, that revealed to us where our trust really was. 
It's weird. I, I, I mean, it was on January 1st I wrote that. Of course, at the time, you think, oh, you know, something little <laughs> worldwide. If you, if you don't believe God is concerned about the health of the world, I mean, this proves that he is. Uh, and so, you know, last three years have been good. Business has been, you know, crazy. It's been interesting. I didn't know the journey that God had us on when he said, hey, now you're going to learn about business, the business world. And uh, I still don't admittedly say I know a lot. But <laughs> uh, learning to trust has been a big part of things, huge part of things. Because, you know, you don't have that check that comes in uh, from your employer because, you know, you work this many hours. Sometimes you got to wait. Sometimes other people are struggling and then they can't afford to pay you right away. So there's a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of dynamics there that you got to work through. And it's been difficult at times, but I will look back and say, wow, thank you, Lord, for taking me through uh, the process of learning to trust even more. And I want to say that I'm awesome at that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not awesome at that. <laughs> uh, but... I find now quicker and quicker and quicker, I, when I feel lost or uh, out of place, that I can more quickly come back to the foundation. And I think that's the goal. I think that's, that's something that we really need to, to look for. It, it's, we're very hard on ourselves as human beings. Naturally, we're negative. Naturally, we think the worst thing possible. And it's, it's not a surprise there. But rather than just saying, oh, everything's on top and rising, which, you know, we went through that for a while. It, it's not that. It's just don't be negative anymore. <laughs> at least don't do that. Yeah, okay, maybe you don't believe that everything's great, but at least don't go down that other road. And how easy is it for us to go down that negative road? How easy it is, is it for us to allow our hearts just to whoa, right down to the depths, to the seventh layer of hell sometimes? And you're like, wow, how did I get here? Well, this leads us to this thing. I'm going to start with a story today uh, from the book of Exodus. This is, you know, people would be like, whoa, this is a bad story. But this is probably one of the funniest stories I've found in the book of Exodus. Moses is up on the mountain, uh, spending time going up there, speaking to God with Joshua. And all of a sudden, Joshua says to Moses, Moses, there must be a war down in the camp. It sounds like something's going on. And Moses like, I think that sounds like a party. So Moses heads down the mountain and discovers that the Israelites have actually uh, set up an idol. To worship the golden calf. Remember this story? I'm going to pick it up in uh, Exodus 32, 22. This is Aaron speaking to Moses after Moses is not pleased, to say the least. Don't get so upset, my lord, Aaron replied. You yourself know how evil these people are. They said to me, make us gods who will lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses. I mean, come on. They just watched the guy go up the mountain. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses. Who brought us here from the land of Egypt? They're even saying what he did for crying out loud. We don't know this dude Moses that brought us and saved us and took us through the Red Sea and brought us through the desert. We don't know what happened to him. So I told them, whoever has gold and jewelry, take it off. And when they brought it to me, I simply threw it in the fire and this calf came out. That's the joke part. 
That's what he's saying here. I simply just threw it in the fire and a calf came out. Wow. Really? Really? We don't know how deep this goes in us, I think. And I know we have Pastor Mark, and he tells us constantly this. <laughs> Sometimes I think maybe we, we don't really believe it. In my own journey, I, I've recently discovered, and, and this is something that I want people to understand out there, and recently I've had a great privilege to join together with uh, some members from your church, the Mercers, that are doing a great work with uh, band together, and really taking a deep dive into mental health and mental illness. But, but uh, through that time, I've, I've discovered that the things I thought were removed, the things I thought that I dealt with, realized that they still have roots that are influencing, influencing my day-to-day life. And I want to be very honest with you and say that um, that doesn't discount you or disqualify you from preaching the message of Jesus. That doesn't disqualify you from reaching out to him. That doesn't disqualify you from prophesying in your workplace. That doesn't disqualify you from, from, from taking a neighbor by the hand and leading them somewhere. It doesn't disqualify you. Sometimes we look at these things that go so deep in our life that we're like, well, I can't do it then because I'm so messed up. That isn't true because what you know and what level of faith you have right now is what you go with. And so if you have a little bit of faith, then you take that little bit of faith and pray that God would rise it so that you can do more. And as you go through your life, what we discover is, is that the little bit of faith that we started with, that day that you got saved, that day I got saved, and I remember crying on the ground, the day I got saved, I remember the faith, and it was small like a mustard seed. And where it's grown today is where it's still going to grow for you. Don't discount yourself in this time, especially if you discover there's something in you that isn't right. The journey doesn't stop, and really, as human beings, we just want it to end. <laughs> we just want the finish line. We're, we're geared, everything we do has a finish line. Sports has an end timer. Uh, races have a checkered flag. There's always some sort of finish to everything we do. And in the journey of life, we just want this to be over. We just want us to reach the finish line so that we can go the rest of our life in peace, I think. <laughs> I just want it to be done. Well, I don't, I don't want to be a buzzkill, but this journey of life doesn't end. <laughs> this part here that we see with the, this level of what it is right now will end. But the journey that we're on and God has us on leading us through the valley and up to the mountaintop and through another valley and through another field and sometimes you've got to swim for 20 miles and sometimes you've got to run for 20. Sometimes you have to crawl on your hands and knees for 100 miles. But what you're going to discover as you keep moving forward is that it does keep getting brighter. And right now, even if it doesn't feel bright, even if it doesn't feel like there's hope on the horizon, even if it doesn't feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I'm here to tell you today that there is. And every time you take that step forward, it doesn't matter how big or how small that one step is, as long as the steps are going the right direction, you're reaching the destination that God has for you. The problem is, is that we want that to be done tomorrow or right now. And unfortunately, it isn't that way. <laughs> The journey continues, and in the journey is lifelong. And we say, well, can't we just be over this and go right to heaven right now? If that was the case, this would look different. 
But we're meant to be on this journey. We're meant to walk through this time. We're meant to walk through this life the way God's setting it up. Now, it wasn't the initial plan. It wasn't the original plan God had. God planned that we would just live in perfect harmony and unison and peace and all that good stuff from the beginning. But because of men's hearts, because of our hearts, we took a different path. (laughs) And that path now leads to places. And this is what people don't like to hear. It either leads to an eternity with God or an eternity separated from God. And so we walk through this journey of life, sometimes wondering which way we're pointing. And I'll tell you, if you put your trust in the Lord, you know you're setting yourself up for eternity. Let's keep going. Now, I have a number of scriptures. Well, really not a number. A few, though, that I I really want to talk about. But, you know, I, I think in my own journey, looking at the times when you look at your bank account and you look at the things that are lacking, it's very easy to see what you don't have. Uh, I want a new computer, and I can't get one yet. (laughs) And so I'm, like, scrolling the internet. Oh, this one looks nice. And you're trying to find all the things you want. Or or maybe it's it's something else. Maybe maybe it's... uh, um, uh, And this is going to be weird for some people. Maybe it's a long-lost family member that you've had a separation with or a, a broken trust with, and you... You're thinking all these things about it, and it's just not the right way. And what I mean by that is, is that we try to fix or run the journey or take the shortcut around the road to get to the result that we think is right. But maybe in that journey, maybe in that time that we're walking along, God is really trying to point to something inside of ourselves that he's trying to deal with before we can even build that relationship back. Maybe God has another plan. Maybe the journey that he has you on is the one you're meant to be on, even though it doesn't feel at times like it's good. The scripture also says in Matthew 6, and we all know this verse, it says, don't worry about tomorrow. Well, easier said than done. Don't worry about tomorrow. Are you kidding me? Have you seen what's going on in the news? Have you seen what's going on in the world? Have you... My business needs customers. And they're not calling me. But it says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Great. Today's trouble is enough for today. Wow. Doesn't get any better there, does it? Because you're like, okay, great. So you're saying tomorrow's going to be even worse. Where do we put our trust? Where? Come on now. Where do we put our trust? Because we we can easily put it in the day. We can easily put it on the things that we think we know and think we've we've figured out. But really, God's saying, I have another way. And what I think this scripture is pointing to is, is like, hey, you realize that any time you start to worry about this stuff, no matter what level you're thinking about it, it just isn't going to be good. Like Troubles today, like there's so many today that you could worry about. Tomorrow's going to be even the same if you just don't change something inside of yourself and i think that you know i'm i'm gonna be 40 in a couple months oh man i just gotta take a break Uh, 40 and i look back i mean 40 is a pretty significant number in the scriptures as we know hopefully i don't have to part the red sea or anything but or like you know whatever but I look back over the 40 years and 20 that I remember, 
And <laughs> I was like, wow, God, you've really done a serious excavation. And every time I think that, oh, I did it. He's like, well, we're going to put a new expansion on. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to, we need, it's like with the internet. Remember, like the internet happens and you're like, oh, it's the greatest thing ever. The internet's awesome. And then they come out with something called high speed internet where it doesn't like two robots are screaming at each other every time your computer connects to it. So there's like, wow. But unfortunately, we need new wires and stuff. And now there's a whole other level where like fiber optic cables need to get run. You need to run all those all over again. There's upgrades. There's upgrades that take time to build. There's upgrades that, that even in the natural world, in the, in, the, in the infrastructure of what we have today, there's upgrades that need to take place. There's upgrades of systems and operating systems and buildings and retrofits, and they painted the back of this black, and it looks awesome. So there's upgrades that need to happen. Why isn't it the same for your life? Why isn't it the same for our hearts? Why isn't it the same for how we do things? Maybe it's worked up to this point. Maybe what you've done up to this point has been awesome. Maybe what you've done up to this point has worked perfect. But all of a sudden you hit the wall and you're like, what happened? Maybe God abandoned me. Now I'm jumping a few steps. Maybe you don't jump to that conclusion right away. But eventually, if you don't have it placed in the right spot, that's the conclusion you end up with. Why did he abandon me? Why am I? Why? Why is this happening? And I just want to speak to those that are asking why right now. God has an upgrade for you. God has a retrofit that's coming. God has hope for you. And I keep coming back to this word hope because I think it's the thing that I struggled with most in my life. How do you be hopeful when you see so much garbage out there? How do you be hopeful when you see your own heart how do you be hopeful when you see the response of, of people across the world and you scroll Facebook for three minutes and you're upset because someone said something about this and someone said something about that? Well, I think there's time we just have to turn that off. But really, I need an upgrade. I need to, I need to be able to be in this world, but not of it. I need to be able to function in this world, but not be bent to its will. I need to be able to, you know, live under the guidelines and things that a government, even if I don't agree with it, they set before us, but I need to also be able to have faith to stand up to say what I believe. And I think what a big strategic plan of the enemy is, is just to, to limit our voice. It's to limit us from actually sharing the depths of our heart. Because sometimes I find when I, when I, when I just try to, like, say, like, like, um, um, like, you know, the, the rote things of like this and this and this and this and then this will all magically happen. doesn't really work, but if I were to open up my heart and say, hey, I struggle with hopelessness like you. People are like, whoa, what? Really? I think it actually disarms something in people that we all need to have. I mean, I think empathy is, is a commodity that we really need to invest in. And not meaning that that you have to agree with everything everybody says because that's not the case, because sometimes you don't. But there is something about having compassion for a people. There is something about having compassion, understanding that maybe, maybe they're on that journey too, and they're unable to hear the truth right now. Now, we do our part, and we pray 
And we pray and we ask God that their eyes would be open, that, that, that light would penetrate the darkness, that, that, that there would be a sound of His voice resonating in their lives. And sometimes the journey is so dark, and I've been on this, guys. Sometimes it's so dark. It feels like you're drowning. And you can see the shore. You can see where it is. But there's just no strength left to paddle. What do you do in that time? If we're looking at this earthly, if we're looking at this on the natural eyes, you drown. But if there was hope on the horizon, what would it look like for you? If there was hope on the horizon, if there was some sort of life preserver that could come out and be thrown to you in this time, what would it look like? Because that's the different eyes that need to start seeing. Those are the different ears that need to start hearing. Those are the the types of things that we actually have to start to cling on to. And I'm telling you right now, believe me, being in that dark place, and I've been in the depths of it, in the depths, there's still a small voice whispering. Here's my hand. It's reaching out for you. Will you grab hold? I think of the time when Peter walked on the water, and I think this is a great picture of it. Everything's going great. We're walking on the water. Check me out. This is awesome, guys. Then you realize the surroundings, and you start to sink. I mean, how many of, I mean, how many of us have been there? Like, I've been there many times more than I'd like to admit. But it says in the scripture, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand. Immediately, it was there. I remember sitting in my dad chair. I have one. And I go, oh, when I get up from it too. (laughs) I'm almost 40, remember. I remember sitting in there being so, felt like I was being sucked into the chair. That void, that black hole was opening up below me and it was just pulling me in. Rock bottom, if you, some people recognize it with that. But I remember the hand. And I remember seeing it. And I remember reaching out for it. And while it took a while to pull me out and then clean myself off of the mud... I came out. And you can come out too. (sighs) Well, here comes the, the hit part. Because we do have to understand something that that there is a part of us that actually despises the hand reaching out for us. There is a part of us that actually doesn't want that help. There is a part of us that actually wants to do everything opposite of what God wants. <laughs> There's, there is a part of us that is that. We can't deny it. We can't, we can't ignore that fact. We saw in the story at the beginning that, you know, here's Aaron, who's supposed to be the priest of the whole thing, you know, tricks or lies to himself or believes that, hey, I just threw all this stuff in and a calf came out. These people, you know how bad these people are. Really, he's the leader of this whole thing and created a way for them to, to go off. 
yet so deluded to think that, hey, this was you, man. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 and 6. This is what the Lord says. Cursed. Cursed! Oh, man. He just comes out sometimes and just swings. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. Rough. That's going to get worse. (laughs) Verse 9, skip down to verse 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Well, thanks for hitting a guy when he's down. And it's desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? That's God, like, in jest. Like, I know. He's like, who really knows? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according what their actions deserve. Wow. Now, do I believe that, you know, you do something bad and then God, like, you know, the karma thing? No. (laughs) But what I believe he's saying here is you're picking a path. You're choosing a path right now, and the path has fruit on it. Every path has fruit. Now, what kind of fruit it is, that determines, that's determined by the path. You can eat McDonald's every single day, three meals a day, and for a while you might enjoy it. But eventually you turn into a cheeseburger. <laughs> or, you could actually follow some health guidelines and choose some food that's good for you and watch yourself actually flourish. The path is determined by what's in our heart. And as we choose, and we keep choosing that part that God's pointing at in the heart that trusts in mere humans, that trusts in human knowledge, that trusts in the systems of the world, that trusts in things that are fading, things that are dying, things that are failing away, well, that means that you're on that path. Here's the thing, is that humans... On the earth, what all we see is things dying. All we see is things fading. All we see is things rotting and going bad. People get old and die. Fruit goes bad and spoils. Food gets rotten and goes away. Oil might dry up one day. We don't know. But, but the thing is, is that all we know about this earth is finite. There's a limit to it. And so if you are living based on that dichotomy... If your whole system of thinking is based on that, then what you're actually saying to yourself is, this all dies, and I don't matter anyway. You're living on the the path of fruit that says, this is all going bad. And that isn't how we're meant to live. That is not how you were meant to live when you got saved. The way you're meant to live is this. Let's jump over to Colossians 2.8. find it. I wrote it down. There it is. Colossians 2, 6. And now, just as you accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built upon him. 
Then, then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Now, there is a very clear to me picture of what path you're on, and I can usually tell pretty quick what path someone's living on just by listening to them for a few sentences. Either it's, this isn't good, and we're not thankful for anything, or it is, you know, this sucks, but I'm thankful that this is happening. There's, and it might seem like, oh, I'm not really sure, but there's a difference. There's something inside of people that determines the path, and it's your heart. <laughs> it's your heart. <laughs> That's why God's always so concerned with it. That my favorite verse in the Bible, Deuteronomy, Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. After all the laws, after all the things they said to do, cutting the pigeons in half and burn this thing for that and burn this thing for this and have this festival and that, say, oh, now therefore, once you listen to that for 12 hours, focus on your heart because God's interested in it. And I don't want to leave you on the bad thing because... While we do need to reflect, and you need to reflect, if, that, hey, if this is hitting you right now and you're like, whoa, I need to really examine what path I'm walking on here, then you need to do that. Sometimes what I found was, is that um, I did that so much sometimes that I also forgot, and this has just proved I was still on the other path, I also forgot that there was hope with it. <laughs> because it is a message of hope. It is actually a message of hope. See, I think we forget that part. It's just, oh, I'm just, man, I'm just horrible. We might as well just die. We might as well just give up. What's going to change? Nothing's going to ch- Like, I mean, how many times have I said that? But there is, it is a message of hope because God's saying, hey, if you can actually let me do this work in you, I can show you another path, and then when things come, you'll be like this. And here's the... Here's the crux of it. Jeremiah. I love this. Back to Jeremiah. Same scripture. So really, if you, if you didn't get it, Colossians, that Colossians passage, and the one in Jeremiah is actually like, Paul must have read that and like figured something out there. So they're, they're very similar if you read the whole thing. Um, but for time's sake, let's just jump to the Jeremiah part because <laughs> this is really one I want to focus on. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. And I just want you to open your hearts right now. Even though it might feel like you can't... (laughs) Even though you might feel like it's super dark. Even though you feel like, oh, I just can't do this. Listen, there's a promise. But blessed. Remember how you said cursed? Cursed! (laughs) But blessed. Let's say that even better. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. See what he's doing here? He's inversing the other part. He's telling us the one path and he's saying, but if you trust in me and let your roots grow deep, this happens. He says, The heat or leaves will stay green and they will never stop producing fruit. 
They'll never stop producing fruit. I know in Canada we have the seasons and they don't produce fruit once a year. I'm telling you right now, if we actually allow our roots to grow deep into the Lord, allow His hands and His, His, His surgical tools to come and actually start to do this thing in our heart we can let go of that other path we can actually live a different way you don't have to live in the place that's finite you don't have to live in the place that's dying you don't have to live in the dark deep despair feeling like you're drowning all the time you don't have to there is another way but it does take a step it does take faith it does take a surgery at times and sometimes god needs to do an open heart surgery and give you a whole new heart and if that's you today Let it happen in Jesus' name. But I'm telling you, once that happens, there is a promise that you will be blessed and all the things of life that are floating down that river by you will just be that. There'll be something that you see coming and you're like, wow, that's big and scary, but it's going to float by you. Why? Because you can't be shaken by the storm anymore. You can't be shaken. You can't be pulled out by the roots because they've gone deep into something else. They've gone deep into eternity. And eternity can't be taken away. Eternity isn't finite. Like I know that's impossible for our human minds to understand, but eternity is not finite. It goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And the life that comes from that place is available right now and if we allow the roots to grow deep regardless of what's going on around us I'm telling us this is for me too we like that tree planted by the river unshakable unmovable producing fruit in every season amen thanks so much Jesse I uh, just wanted to say, in the, uh, you know, this message is so powerful. And, uh, but sometimes maybe you feel like, like you're in God's, uh, you know, whack-a-mole gopher game. You know, and you, you know, when the gopher's heads come up and somebody whacks them, maybe you feel like, like that's, that God is punitive, that he's against you. But he's not. God is not against you. When even when he says, you know, cursed is he that depends on that on man and makes flesh his strength. Even that scripture, God's not saying I'm I'm hitting you. I'm striking you. Say, listen, this is the path of life, and this is the path of death. And what you're experiencing is not what I'm visiting upon you. What you're experiencing is what you're choosing. But I am making every effort to get you to experience the alternate. I am making every effort, but the the nature of what you have is choice. The nature of what you have is volition. Volition. You can have what you want. I'm just trying to tell you what is good, what is life, what is right, and the weight that you feel on your life, the stress that you feel on your life. In Jesse's message, he's saying the stress that you feel, if you think this is great, Imagining, imagine for a second experiencing that forever. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is a message of hope that says there is freedom. There is life. Anyway, there's so much more we could say about that while we're running out of time. We're going to touch on this again and again and again because Jesus said this. He says, in me is life. The way that I represent the way the truth, and the life. And I'm desperate to give that to you. And you can have it if you want it. So, Father, we thank you, God, for what you're doing in the lives of people who are listening right now. 
And I pray that the light of hope would shine on minds that are oppressed, on emotions that are tormented, on people that are that identified with Jesse's words that feel like they're drawn into an abyss of darkness. The heaviness of depression is like a, a cloud all around them. I say, let it break right now, even momentarily, just as a sign of what is possible. Let the light of the favor of God shine upon those that are oppressed right now, just to say there's something in this that's right, that's freeing, that's possible. Amen. Well, what an amazing service. Uh, I hope your experience was the same as ours. Uh, there was just a beautiful atmosphere in, in here today. You could feel the presence of God, and we're thankful for Jesse and for his message. And uh, we're just going to take that to heart, and we're going to ask the Lord to continue to help us in those moments. And we're going to draw from him. We're going to dig our roots deep in the ground, and we're going to make sure that he is our source, that we're getting everything from our Father in heaven. Amen. Well, we're going to sing the song once again, The Goodness of God. So why don't you join with us as we close? Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. In the midst of everything taking place, we still declare that you are good and that you will have your way. And so, Father God, we choose to honor you. We choose to worship you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And we pray a blessing over our church body. We pray a blessing over our community. We pray a blessing over our nation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.